Welcome to the Shepherd's Crick Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our king, Jesus. Hello and welcome back to The Shepherd's Crook. Hope you guys are doing well today. This is the third episode this week and I'm excited to just be back with you and cover some content that I have wanted to get to or that came to my mind and I wanted to be able to put out. And the reason why I was able to do this this week is because I'm not preaching. My good friend Joshua Jenkins is preaching and so I've been able to do this as the third Shepherd's Crook, and then we also had a Sons and Slaves episode that came out yesterday. That is also a quick announcement. If, you don't, if you've not yet heard of the Sons and Slaves podcast, me, Ransom, Valor, and One Day Oak are doing a podcast raising sons into men and having a blast. We are sons of our Heavenly Father, and we are slaves of our Master Jesus, uh, all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're doing this episode, these, uh, these episodes on a book on uh, boyhood and it's called boyhood and beyond by bob schultz and just going through chapter by chapter would love for you to check that out if you haven't done that already today i want to talk about how to share the gospel with gay people and the reason i have this in my mind is number one i know that there's so many people that out there that know people that are walking in sexual sin and don't know how to talk with them or know that as others have talked with them they've some been somewhat apologetic about the christian position on ethics and Christian sexuality and that sort of thing. And you know that you don't want to be like that, but that seems to be the only content out there when it comes to addressing gay people and the sins of homosexuality, sodomy, or lesbianism, and any other assortment of sexual sins. And so here's who I have in mind about this episode. Number one, for the Christian and people at our church who have Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving just came, but you have Christmas coming up or you have friends and you just need to know how to talk to your friends that, or family members that have, that are currently walking these sorts of sins. And you just need some guidance on how to do that. How do I, how do I do that with them? But the second audience is maybe you're the one that actually just got the text from a family member because they listened to this and sent it to you and you are living in a homosexual lifestyle or some sort of sexual lifestyle that is out of bounds of what the Bible talks about and what the Bible prescribes. And this is also for you. And I just want to tell you up front that I do, um, I, I love you. I really do. Christians love you. And we want you to know the truth. And we believe what the Bible has to say. And I'm going to just be in Romans chapter 1. But you're not going to like some of the things that I say on the front end. So if you are living in sexual sin, you're not going to like it. But I'm, I'm asking you to get through the front half of this episode to the back half, and I'm not going to pander to you. I'm not going to apologize on behalf of Christians to you. I'm going to, my aim here is to lovingly give you the truth and tell you that you're just like, in so many ways, every other sinner out there that needs to hear the gospel message. And I want you to repent of your sins and trust in Jesus. I want you to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. I don't feel sorry for you. You're not a lost cause. You've been pandered to too much. The church has apologized to you and walked on eggshells, and I'm not going to do any of that. I want to tell you that you are a sinner. You're sinning sexually against God, and I'm not just doing that because I somehow am like a bigoted person or something like that, or I just, you know, Christians just don't like gay people or, or anything like that. We're doing that because the Bible tells us clearly 
when mankind suppresses the truth, the overflow of that is sin in all different sorts of areas, but all the way down to the level of nature itself, that mankind has suppressed the truth so much that we don't even know how sex works. We don't even know how nature, in nature, we, we, we just don't even know how things are supposed to work as they are. And sexual deviancy is an example of that. And so you should not have pride in the in your sexual rebellion. That is wicked. In fact, for, I think, I mean, most people that are living in sexual sin uh, wouldn't celebrate the adulterer or the serial adulterer, the one that's going out and even just sleeping around with anybody and everybody. They wouldn't celebrate that and do a parade for that and ask everybody else to be empathetic towards that sort of sin. So if you're a gay person, I'm not empathetic towards your sin. I, I don't feel sorry for you, just like I don't feel sorry for any other sinner, because there's hope. And I want to tell you the truth, that you have sinned against a holy God, but there is hope. And, and I just want to go straight to the scriptures, because there's many people that say, well, well being gay, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible doesn't say anything. There's anything wrong, wrong with that. And I just want to take you to Romans chapter 1. And for the Christians that are listening in, and you're thinking about this with family members, do, again, don't walk on eggshells with any sexual sin. Treat them as create people created in the image of God that need to hear the truth. And when we apologize to them, oh, I'm so sorry for how Christians have treated you and that kind of stuff. We don't, they don't need any of that. Okay. Like, okay. If you've been treated, actually mistreated in the past, then I feel, I'm very sorry that, that, you know, that is wrong as anybody, if they're mistreated, that that's wrong, but it's not the Christians that need to be apologizing to the gay quote unquote gay community. It's the gay community that needs to be apologizing and repenting to God and repenting for their repulsive behavior in, in public. They're flaunting their sexual rebellion to everyone and demanding that Christians say it's not sin. And Christians are over here like, we, we have the Bible here and here's what the Bible says. I just want to go straight to God's word. And then you may end up hating this all the way through if you're listening to this. And even Christian brothers and sisters, hopefully you don't hate this. Hopefully you're not ashamed at what God has to say. But this is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So that's the problem with mankind. That's the problem with everybody, no matter what their sin. Mankind is born in a state of rebellion and we have suppressed the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, because, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Futile thinking is actually is very easy to demonstrate, because what happens when you start to talk about this kind of sexual sin with anybody, or sin with anybody, there's rationality is just thrown out the window. And anger, rage, all this kind of stuff, when, when you don't approve of somebody else's behavior because... God doesn't approve of their behavior and it may be a family member that you love and they're wanting just your affirmation and you're not giving affirmation to them because you love them and they look at you and they are futile in their thinking. They think, well, then if you don't approve me, you don't love me and I don't want to be around you kind of thing. And th that's what happens with, with the suppression of the truth. They become futile in their thinking and then their foolish hearts were darkened. When people are in rebellion against God, their hearts are dark. They're not set free. They, they're not actually walking with peace and joy. They have seasons of maybe of, of happiness or joy that just gets them through that particular season, but then they're right back to where they were before. And walking in sin, it gives you temporary pleasure, but it does not. It's not sustaining. There's something, there's this gnawing guilt that's still there that just can't go away. It's just always on your shoulders. It's always just everywhere. It's just you can't get away from this gnawing guilt. And that is the conscience. You know the truth and you're suppressing the truth. Your family members know the truth. They're suppressing the truth. And their hearts are darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, creeping things. So mankind creates or worships creation rather than creator. 
Now, here's what God does. Passive wrath. God gives them up, gave them up to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served creature rather than uh, create creature rather than creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. The Bible, and this is just one example, is really clear that sexual rebellion, when people are, are futile in their thinkings and their hearts are darkened and they've suppressed the truth, what ends up happening is sexual rebellion. And men don't even know what not what nature teaches, and women don't even know what nature teaches, and they rebel against that. They rebel against the created order. It's like, I don't care how and what you made, and I don't care how and what you've designed and how you designed the world to work. I will not bear fruit and multiply. I will live my life my way and do things my way, and I expect you and everybody else to get in line with what I think. And if I was in a room full of people that were living in sexual rebellion, I would, by the grace of God, I would just tell them you're in sin. This is what the Bible says. But there's hope. Listen, you're not special. You really aren't special. And the family members that are dealing with the sin, they're, they're not special. They need to be told, just like the man who's lusting after a woman or the man that's lusting after women that's not his wife, here's what they need to be told. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Repent of your sins, and then deny, join the bandwagon here, man. Join the club here of Christians. Every Christian has to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Jesus. And those that are sinning in with, with sodomy and lesbianism and all the junk drawer of sexual sins, they're just like everybody else. When they repent and trust in Jesus, they have to deny those. They have to deny themselves. That's what they have to do. And that's the good news of the gospel is that there's freedom here. You can have full forgiveness of sins. That guilt can be taken away. You can have peace with God. And God, you know, Christians don't hate you. We, we don't hate you. I don't hate you. Your family members don't hate you. We love you and we want you to know the truth. And okay, so you can't have your sexual desires met in this life. Big whoop. Like, oh, we, oh well, you want me to be lonely my whole life? Big whoop. I want you to be forgiven. What's the big deal that you have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow you? And you don't, it's like, oh, you're, well, that means you're going to live a life of celibacy. Well, maybe God changes your heart. You marry a woman and you uh, have an amazing testimony in life. Or maybe you're single the rest of your life. Big whoop. Like this life is a vapor. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Stop acting like you aren't in sin. You are in sin. And they, verse 26, 28, excuse me, they did not see fit to acknowledge God. God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, uh, maliciousness, gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They knew, they knew although they knew God's righteous decree, and that those who practice such things deserve to die. They do not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. That's what pride and all this that's happened over the last, the ramping up of just the gayification of our country is giving approval to those who practice them. And I want you to, if you are the one that just got a text from your family member that loves you and you're hearing this, you are in sin and deserve to die. And so does every single Christian, the family member that texts you this, same thing. They, before Christ, deserve death. That's the wages of sin. And they love you enough to make it awkward to tell you that Jesus can forgive any sins and he can wash those sins away. He can give you freedom and you can be like your family members now, denying yourself, denying whatever it is that the sins of the flesh, 
Theirs may be different than yours, but yours aren't special. So deny them and obey and honor Jesus. Follow him. This is what God calls you to, and this is what God calls every Christian to. There's hope. And so I wanted to uh, share that with you. You, you can the, the good news of Jesus is that Jesus actually dies in the place of real sinners. And he dies for all of their sins. And so if you will repent and trust in Jesus, you'll find that there's life in Christ. And you can follow him with the power and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I hope this has been helpful. Uh, and I hope for all our Christian friends that are listening in that this could be helpful in thinking through. Not apologizing to your you know, family members or friends or whatever, and also not walking on eggshells. They don't walk on eggshells around you. You don't walk on eggshells around them. And for the gay person that's listening in or anybody that's in sexual rebellion, quit it. Stop it. You're in sin, but you can have forgiveness. Turn to Christ and live and find a good church that will walk with you, disciple you, help you. And uh, Christians love you. That's just the fact of the matter. And, uh, and we want you to have life in Christ. Okay. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crypt podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrypt.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crypt, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.